I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is gonna feel real good, alright? Most dope. Everybody, please put a thumb in the air. everybody how you doing well that's good welcome to broad street hockey radio that's right bsh radio my name is bill Matz. i am your director of fun and games for the evening all right guys seven out of eight points on the road trip yay three oh and one good stuff we got some saves they killed almost all the penalties uh I mean, good, yesterday right? they killed almost all the penalties. <laughs> yeah, like the whole trip, they killed almost all of them. Sure, they let in a goal every game, but just one. Ah, just one. Just one. That's fine. You know, that's kind of a positive step. Let's get right into it. Uh, Charlie is not with us the, this evening. Let me introduce you to the rest of the starting lineup. Let's kick it off with Kelly Hinkle, who gave me these Bobby Clark socks for my birthday. I did do that. So, Bill's being really positive, and it's freaking me oh. out. And I don't really know how to proceed. We'll get to it. But, uh... I got some issues. Like, well. not, not to be that guy, but they just beat a bunch of shitty teams. And I'm not going to be happy about it until they beat good teams. The end. I mean, they were a shitty team going into this trip, though. That's the thing. Yeah. I agree. Like, the Ducks have some of the worst... I mean, that's some of the worst defense. Ducks, no just, Gibby. Yeah, they're just no good. Yeah. Uh, they have like three rookies. They have a ton of injuries, three rookie defensemen. The Kings, they just, you know, fired Tire, their fire. coach. They fired their coach like two days later. Um, you know, the Sharks, they got thoroughly outplayed by the Sharks. Sure did. But they earned a point, so that's something. And Arizona had won five in a row, and they're generally not that bad. I realize it's the Coyotes and LOL Arizona and all that, but they're better than you think. They are. They are. Yes. Now let's throw it over to Stephalicious D, Steph Driver. So, last week, I was talking about the goalie situation and how it's a nightmare and how Ron Hextall is terrible at asset management because there are six goalies. Well, now there's only four. Yay! <laughs> and that was the thing all along, is there were six, but you knew they were going to need at least four. Yeah, Michael had to kill some. Michael Neuvert is back on IR after not playing in a game. And Brian Elliott, not. we are not going to get an update on him until tomorrow. Bodes well. He so I didn't even notice. I didn't even hear about this Brian Elliott thing until like the game start. I was like, oh, Pickard's starting again. Okay, and then I was like, wait, what do you mean Alex Lyon is up? You, you I need was real, I, you need to visit BroadStreetHockey.com. I do. Every other day. I <laughs> can't really spend that website. much time on the line. I got other Ooh. things to do. I'm oh, look at you with a life. I read all day yesterday. I read <laughs> Sean McIntyre's book. It was good. I was Get him on that. the show, by the way. What? Get him on the show. He said he'll do podcasts. Oh, I'm trying. Right, I'm going to read that and Jay Brew Call's book, and then I'm going to start a new series. Bill Matz Talks to People. Oh, I'm into it. Yeah. You can't leave this show, though. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Okay. Of course not. 
So I can rant and rave about the coach on a weekly basis and worry about every single lineup decision weekly. in every game and blame the coach for every ill with this team and take no joy out of the season even when they win because, well, hack. But right now what I'm focusing on is seeing the team execute a sustainable brand of hockey. Play physically, forecheck, win battles, be creative, attempt to generate offense from where goals are actually scored keeping chances to the outside, limiting second opportunities. It's basic, but it has been free- so freaking bad leading up to this little four-game road trip that I need to make sure the players on this roster are capable of playing at a high level. They did, for the most part, on that trip out west. Sure, the first two games, as Kelly said, were against pretty bad teams, but they salvaged a point despite getting outplayed but in San Jose, and they stopped, stepped up against a Pretty fast, pretty good, young defensive team in Arizona. Not a bad effort last night. I mean, Arizona, probably, yeah, they won the... uh, Don't talk shit about Arizona. No, um, no, uh, they won the uh, territorial battle, but I would say the Flyers, after the first period, did a pretty good job of limiting second chance opportunities, limiting them to outside opportunities and things like that. So, not everything is perfect, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But as of right now, this team appears to be turning it around, uh, turning around what is yet another slow start. And I got to <laughs> say, I actually enjoyed watching them for the most part on that road trip. And after the first three weeks, I think that means a lot. That is a change for sure. Yeah. They were not a, they were no fun to watch at all for no. most of the first couple of weeks of this season. I cannot say the same. I, I can't say that I enjoyed watching all four of those games. The and Kings I- game sucked. Like it was boring. They scored five goals. Yeah, but still. I, what, I, Weren't what, two of them empty net goals? One Am I making was, that up? I don't remember. It was last week. Going to be honest, I was they, They're getting to high danger scoring chances. Op- they're getting to high danger scoring areas and creating scoring opportunities, and that's what's important to me. I don't even care about defense at this point because you know the goalies are what they are. Some nights you're going to get a decent performance and they'll probably win like in Arizona, and some nights the goalies aren't going to give you a chance because that's what this team is, and that's just what's going to happen. I just need to see the offense, all five guys on offense, like show me they know how to play. So I was writing a, a thing that will eventually publish somewhere um, where I was just wrapping up the first month of the Flyers season. And I was genuinely surprised to see Jake Voracek and Claude Giroux were scoring at a point per game pace. Yeah, I didn't realize that they were doing that well. Looking into it deeper, of course, they're scoring in in fits and and bursts and then going away for a couple games. As of last week, Jake was like at a point a game. I haven't looked at what the actual numbers are. It was was point a game yesterday when I looked before the game yesterday. He was at a point a game, but it was in 50% of the games he had no points. Yeah, they're kind of loading up. And that's kind of Jake. That's what I've always said about Jake. Listen, he's not at his best every night, but when he's at his best, he's a top 10 player in this league. Top 10 winger, at least. He can take over a game. He just doesn't and I really like that new trio he's on we'll we'll get to that but of course since it's news let's start with coach Q Joel Quenville let go by Chicago today it's not happening fam I'd like it to as well <laughs> listen no I want it too my mustache is in solidarity with coach Q <laughs> it is extremely but uh it's just not gonna happen I, I, I'm just gonna say it again unless Unless Hackstall drags Bernie Perrot out into Broad Street and shoots him, he's not getting fired in the middle of the season. 
but that's, that's I, I don't that's like unacceptable. <laughs> like I know that's like a fact, but it's like an unacceptable. I know, fact. but I don't. I, have I don't to agree. Live in reality. I don't agree with that. Actually, he survived a ten-game winning streak. He I, survived an eight-two home opener loss, which is why that he's on. He's on extra thin ice this season. I I I agree that Quenville probably not happening. Like ninety-nine percent not happening. Nah, he's gonna go to the Blues. I don't think he will. Because he was fired from there. Hmm. You know, yeah. there's bad blood. You know, we rehire people all the time. Some people hold a grudge. I'm just saying. Um, Bring back Bill Barber, in my yes! opinion. <laughs> yes. I, you, but, but I do think that. <laughs> Mr. 420, Bill Barber. I do think that there's a there's a lot of eyes on Hackstall right now. And it's not Hackstall. Yeah. And so- I, know, I know we did say that last season. But the same powers that be are making themselves very visible at every game. Like, I'm going to watch how you fuck up. And, I, feel, I mean... I, I don't know. I believe there's a chance he's let go at the end of the year. Absolutely. It's not happening in season. We'll see. I, I don't know. I think that if they had not had a winning record on this road trip, that would have been it for him. But I think that this now has bought him at least mid-season. And unless things go terribly from here, I don't think he's going to be ten in a row. Let's see what happens next week. I mean, it's four games yeah. and it's a long season. If they lose the rest of the games until we record next, like we could be saying, you know, he's gonna be gone by the beginning of December. I wish that were I wish I could believe that were the case. And, yeah, I know. I thought you were Mr. Positivity over there. No, I would love for the guy to be fired. I don't like him as the coach of the team. I think he makes mistakes constantly, but they did have a winning record on the trip, and it was a successful road trip, 3-0-1 in four games. Very good to go out west and do that. Um, But... Like if, if if he survived all the things he survived to this point, things that get coaches in Philadelphia fl- fired in in the past, I just don't see it happening now. It's all just right. frustrating that now two coaches, who in my opinion, and I'm even John Stevens at this point, better coaches than Dave Hacks. I want have John lost Stevens to take Lapierre's job. I don't and know about him as a head coach. He's yeah. never been very good at it. <sighs> He's better than. He's probably better in Hackstall, but like by that scale, like I would want Kelly Hinkle to be the coach of the team. I believe that I would be better than Hackstall. All right, so general question, <laughs> since this is kind of the direction we're going in, general question, have they turned it around? Were those four games enough for you to say, you know what, they're playing a better brand of hockey, they're just a better team than they showed in the beginning of the season, I'm giving them this amount of time to show they have to. Do you believe they've turned it around? No. No. Why no, but why not? but I do think that the the players that needed an injection of confidence have gotten that from this road trip. So I'm talking Oscar Lindblom. I'm talking Nolan Patrick. I don't think Travis Konechny has gotten the injection of confidence that he needed. But I don't know whether he was it was necessarily lacking. Even like Giroux, I think is a bit has a bit more pep in his step at this point after these last couple of games. You can always tell when he's scoring goals, he's feeling it. Mm-hmm. Because that's his... You know he can dish the puck. That's Claude yeah. Giroux. He's one of the best passers, one of the best distributors I've ever seen. Yeah. When he's taking shots and scoring, he yeah. had two goals. That's when you know he's it, feeling I, I think Provorov has been playing better. I, I think that... Low bar. I, yes, I know. No, he I has, really he has overall been much better uh, than, than he was He's playing. still not the Ivan Provorov that we know, but um, he's been playing better at least. Uh... I think that those it was important to get those guys 
going a little bit, even even if it's a, uh, you know, fake. I was going to say false flag, which is not what I'm looking for. <laughs> even if Almost. <laughs> I mean, let's just roll with that. Even if it's not you know, a real turnaround for them to feel like, okay, I can contribute. I am scoring goals. I don't suck. It's important. It's important for that. Do I think the team as a whole has turned a corner? No, their two starting goaltenders are out. And <laughs> now we've got Alex Lyon and Cal Pickard. But that's always been, that was always going to be the problem for this team. Goaltending, no matter who was in, is going to be an issue because Brian Elliott, at the end of the year, his numbers are average. You know why? Because he gives you a week of great play and he gives you a week where he looks like he doesn't belong in the league. Yeah. Michael Neuvert is always going to be injury prone. Uh, they said he played two games last night. I was like, when the fuck were they? I don't remember I those games at all. I think that he only played one. That's he what I thought, too. He played one with the Phantoms, and I think... Oh, maybe. Oh, are they a my game? God, they <laughs> are. Are they counting a Phantoms game? They have to be, because what else do you have? I heard him. I heard someone say, Neuvert's only played two games. I was like, when were they? <laughs> I was like, I've seen every game. I do all the post games. I don't remember talking <laughs> about Michael Neuvert at all. No. I couldn't because, remember the one, but I knew there was one. Because I don't think, I don't think Brian Elliott has been pulled... At all. He no. should have been. No, they le- they left him in to take like seven to one game. Or... Well, they also let Neuvert <laughs> take seven. Well, good. In, was it? I don't know. It was something ridiculous. Um, but yeah, the goalies, the goalies are a problem. And I don't and, think they were going to be a problem. But the defense in front of them is still not great. I would say of all the groups, they've shown the most improvement. Well, they, they had to. Yes, exactly. No, and the first period last night, notwithstanding, especially the first 10 minutes, where Cal Pickard was actually pretty damn good, um, I would say the defense is doing a better job of doing some of the things I said. Limiting chan- limiting second chance opportunities, uh, most specifically. They're clearing the crease of rebounds, not so much skaters, but rebounds better. They're keeping chances to the outside better than they were, I would say. Um, I'm not ready to say... They have actually turned it around. However, I'd say they're in the process of it. They need to bring this momentum home now. Yeah. Uh, They scored the first goal in all four games of the road trip, picked up the seven of eight points, as I said. They haven't scored the first goal at home in a game yet this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, Five. They have five straight home games and seven of nine remaining games this month are at the Farg. They are five, three, and one on the road. They're two, four, and zero oh at home. They Woof. need to fix this. Uh, it's it's just something they really, really need to get getting uh, just get fixed because there's they're dreadful at home. They are they have a plus three goal differential on the road, minus eleven at home. <laughs> That's not great. And then, like, take the eight to two game out of it. You're still minus five. Yeah. Like okay, you got blown out. That well, one. maybe it's because the crowd isn't cheering for them. And you know what? No, the whole, it's because they have to take their kids to school. If they want to, <laughs> if they want to do kind of the Eagles thing and do the we all we got, we all we need, because everyone wants to say, oh no, that's for Philadelphia. No, that was the Eagles players saying. Even our own fans don't believe in us after Wentz got hurt. Like if they want to do that. Fine. 
turn it on us, blame us, win games. I don't give a shit who you blame. Blame me, Bill Matz, host of Broad Street Hockey. Fine. But, like, win some freaking games at home. These paying people are going to start throwing shit at you if you don't start giving them. They already are. Yeah, I mean more. (laughs) more. That's that's why the the Vorachias were given out... Leaving the games. Those things are the, they look pretty heavy. I would say that was. They a are idea. pretty. They yeah. They they could have gotten some distance <laughs> with one of those. Those things were. They had projectile written mm-hmm, all over mm-hmm. them. They they only they unless it's a rally towel. They need to give it out after a game. Yeah, that's pretty much. We but can't be trusted. Remember as a those. Group. Remember those Hartnell wigs. I'd say those are fine. Oh God! I I, I mean I think I still have. I was that thing dying somewhere. for I was dying for a hat trick that night. I was like, yeah. how cool would that be? <laughs> oh, that would have been of really cool. Wigs on the yeah. ice. <laughs> that would have been really cool. I mean, Merkins. <laughs> God, Flyers Flyers fans are really good for throwing hot dogs on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing better than a flying it's a creative hot dog. group. Nothing you know? better than a flying hot dog. But so. What is the problem at home? Like, is it any? Is it really they they press because the fans are too hard on them? Like, is there be. something to that? It can't be. I right? think it's, because the fans are hard on them because they're fucking terrible. We want like, them to be good. Don't you get booed on the road too? Yeah. Like, isn't that a thing? Because yeah. you're the opponent. Yep. <laughs> don't you get booed? That? I mean, I they're just, it's they're in their own heads. They need to stop. Like, stop squeezing your stick so hard at home. Just play hockey. I don't know what the hell the problem is. Do that thing where they stay in a hotel for a home game. Maybe that'll work. Maybe maybe it's the the lights at home. (laughs) Maybe it's the renovations. Like, you can blame anything you want. At at the end of the day, the team is not good at home. The Sixers are undefeated in the gritty era. Well, good for the Sixers. (laughs) Gritty Sars, back off. Uh, so they have a rematch with Arizona on Thursday and play Saturday noon against Chicago. Both of those games before next Monday's show, guys. What do you want to see uh, beyond just points in the standings? Obviously, they need to bring home some points. They need to win some games. What do you need to say to be able to say, yes, they're actually turning. They've turned it around. Yes, they've put those games behind them. Yes, they're a competent team, not just on the road. What do you need to see? More than just those two games. From those two games, because that's all we have until next. I need week them show. to not lose to Chicago. <laughs> is what I really need. Uh, teams, with, yeah, they got some momentum making oh a coaching switch. Oh my god! So it would be so flyers. So I need to see them come out at home with a lot of energy, like Claude Giroux first shift hitting Sidney Crosby kind of energy. I need to see them sustain it for long stretches over sixty minutes. I want to see them continue to play down low like they have been over these last couple of games. I don't want to see them reverting to the outside shot bullshit. And I really, really need them to stop turtling if they get a lead. It's a terrible strategy. It doesn't ever work. And it, I mean, at home, I think that's the kind of thing that takes the crowd out of it. Yes, absolutely. Um, That was like in Arizona, if you were to just if you were to just isolate that game and say, oh, the Flyers started a little slow, but turned it around and then got the first goal. And that was good. Like, actually, what Arizona did is what home teams are supposed to do. That's what you do in road hockey is survive the first 10 minutes and then come out and counterpunch. The Flyers need a great first 10 minutes. Like they Mm -hmm. need, like I said, to come out and score the first goal. They need to play physically. And they have a real opportunity to do that on Thursday against Arizona. Uh they actually, the start I would love to see is the start that they got in San Jose, where Nolan Patrick, boom, right away, 37 seconds in, gets that first goal. 
that Arizona game on Monday night got a little testy, folks. Uh, the Connaughton... How do you pronounce that? Connaughton. Connaughton? Yeah, I've been... I've. Like, looked it up three times, and I still can't say it. Connaughton, Kevin Connaughton's hit on Travis Konechny, uh, the melee a little bit at the end. That got a little testy. I want to see some physical play right away. I want to see a team that's pissed off and ready to take it to the Coyotes again. A team that's ready to come out and do that stuff. Uh, I don't know about my general outlook for the team. But I'm telling you this right now, I want revenge for Thursday. Because if the referees aren't going to protect Travis Konechny, the Flyers need to take it upon themselves. And if Nicholas Albay Q-Bell is only going to play four minutes, guess what? Play Goldborn. Play Goldborn and have him run somebody. I mean, I forgot he was here. To be perfectly honest, I put it here in the outline. I complain about the crowds a lot, but I feel like at this point, given how they've performed at home... It's on the team to get the crowd back on their side, and that kind of game, for better or for worse, definitely would get the crowd back on their side. So it might be a good thing for them to play a little bit chippy. It would be nice. It would just be nice. It would be fun to watch. Just to see them. Not dirty, folks. Just chippy. I wouldn't mind if like certain yeah, guys like threw dirty hits. I'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple that we could do without. Dale Weiss, looking at you. Dale's been good, man. He's been not bad. Let's Didn't not get he crazy. Did play like 15 minutes last he, night? He, he sure did. A little, he played a little much last night. A little and bit. Again, that's a, that's a hackstall usage thing that we'll get into because it's definitely an issue. Some of the things he's doing while, again, I have a positive general outlook coming out of that uh, coming out of that road trip there are certainly things that need to be that need to be pointed out here and let's just start there let's start with some of the positives first Steph I believe you brought it up the Limblom Patrick Voracek trio it what is. a difference a week makes when I was blasting all three of them for needing to just do more well they listen Limblom, two goals, four assists on the trip, came in with two goals, zero assists, and zero points in his previous four games. Patrick, two goals, four assists on the trip. Voracek, actually the least out of everybody, one goal, two assists. I really enjoy watching these guys because they have the ability to do the thing that I want to see. Play below the goal line, yeah. play below the dots, and get into the slot. Lindblom is so good there. They score from the slot because they get the puck behind the net. And, like, okay, yeah, when you pass it up high from behind the net, guess where it goes? To guys open in high danger scoring areas. It's crazy what happens when you don't just play on the half boards the whole time. It's wild. You score goals. That those high danger areas are highly dangerous. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that they're actually scoring. But this, this group's a lot of fun to watch. I mean, we. We saw some of this from Patrick and Limblom at the end of last season. They were super fun to watch, yeah. which is why I was glad they put them back together this year. And it's it's nice that they're finally kind of getting their groove back that they had last year. Yeah, and we said, you know, eventually the goals will come for Limblom. He was creating a ton of chances at the end of last season, at least in the regular season, and just wasn't converting a lot of them. It was like, oh, man, if he converted half of these, he'd be like on pace to win the Calder. And... It didn't happen. Now it is, and it's pretty exciting that we're finally starting to see some of these guys really... Like, these are the players we've been promised. Like, yes, Nolan Patrick, we kind of lucked into and all that, but Oscar Lindblom, fifth-round pick, long-term project... It's finally blossoming. We're finally starting to see a little bit of the of what we were promised, you know, when Hextall took over. Yes. Um... It feels a little bit like Patrick and Lindblom are kind of dragging Voracek around. Oh, God, yeah. Like, Voracek is is doing fine, but he's not 
Voracek, quite at Voracek levels. Now, we know that he's hot and cold. He's been hot and cold forever. Um, I, I don't know. I think that, that what Patrick and Lindblom have been able to find on this road trip together is what we need to see out of them moving forward. And I need that. I need Voracek to catch up. And this is the line I want. I, this is the line I'm most interested in seeing Hackstall stick with, you know, when JVR comes back eventually, and there's just going to be some movement in the lineup. This is the one line I want to see them actually stick with because it's a good trio. And I think Jake is while he's lagging behind the three in terms of production on that trip, uh, we've seen a little bit of turnover, Jake. We definitely have seen that, you know. Oh, he stepped yeah, into, But just, he's been good through the neutral zone and gets the puck to them down low to get them to be able I know, to do what they do. I know do. turnovers are a problem, but for Voracek, I'm not... He has so many turnovers because he very frequently has the puck on his stick. It's more about when he turns. Like, yes. When he's at the hash marks and turns it over, that's not that bad. When he's a step inside <laughs> or outside the blue line and now plays going the other way, yeah, and right. the other two guys were waiting for him to enter the zone so they're flat-footed, that's a bad turnover. But Jake, for the most part, good through the neutral zone, gets the puck to them down low, and then they get to do their thing, and then you see things like, oh man, Jake just scored from a, a wrist shot in the slot? That's not something we see him do. Awesome. So I, I think there's a bit of a like chemistry curve there just because he's asked to do some different things with two other guys who are pretty good with the puck on their stick. But uh, as, a, as a whole, I, I enjoy that line a lot. Now, Steph, let's get to your thing. Well, actually, I want to get to this other oh, Voracek oh, thing. Just kidding. I want to get to this <laughs> other Voracek thing because we're talking about Jake. Okay. Because this keeps coming up on Twitter and people ask me in post game about it all the time. So I just want to tackle it here. Oh, the Maple Leafs will not be interested in Voracek for Nylander, uh, neither straight up nor in a package. You mean they won't take our old sort of okay players for their really, <laughs> I mean, really Vor- good Voracek superstar is a good young player. player? Voracek is a good player, but Even he's a, old. Let's say. And he makes a lot of money. Yeah. Kyle Dubas doesn't want to give his 22-year-old homegrown star $8 million plus a year. Okay. Why would he trade him for Jake, who is 29, and sign for this year plus five more at $8.25 Because we it, asked nicely. It makes no sense. You add a fourth-round pick. Let's <laughs> sweeten the deal. Well, well all no right. No one can turn down a fourth-round pick. Do you, do you want me to play the, the devil's advocate? You want yes, me to sure. play the other side of this? Yes. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I mean, sure. please acknowledge that. This is not what I really believe. Whatever. I'm going to believe that you believe. But Jake Voracek is a proven winger. Like We know what to expect out of Jake Voracek year in and year out. He's had multiple seasons where he's above point per game. Yes, he's expensive. Yes, he's old. But, you know, he's a sure thing. He's a sure thing. William Nylander... Not so much. He's kind of a sure thing. He's still very young. He's, he's still very young. He's already and he's, had two sixty plus. I was going to say. I was just looking up. He's had more than one sixty point season, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sixty one and sixty one. But is that playing playing with Austin Matthews? A little I mean, bit, Voracek sure. is doing Voracek, it. Well, I mean, Voracek. Has Voracek's been never really with done Giroud. it without Giroud yeah. and being yeah. on one. You know, I'm just. I like Voracek a lot. 
I'm a Voracek fan. There are parts of his game that frustrate me, but like I always say, yes, there's better players in this league than Voracek, but it's not that long of a list. Uh, it just that trade in particular makes no sense. No, no, it's never gonna happen. No, I mean, if it was like Pete Shirelli up there and you could trick him into taking yeah. Voracek for Nylander, that would be fucking yeah, amazing. I, but if it was Pete Shirelli up there, you could trick him into taking fucking Andrew McDonald. Literally, like it, <laughs> who is not playing? We <laughs> could talk about like you can have a conversation about the like the Flyers are one of the few teams and this has been discussed by like Friedman and stuff one of the few teams that really do have the pieces that you could put together for a Nylander trade and Jake Voracek ain't it yeah that's that's not one of the pieces no that's, that's not if, it's one of the pieces you don't want to lose fam that's, that's why we're not like, no we're looking yeah. to add not subtract <laughs> right like I, I get it we want Nylander he's young and he's good and Voracek's that I don't want to say expend- expendable because that's not how I view him, but he's the core piece that people like the least. I'll, that's yeah. all. He's the core piece that people are most willing to part with, even though like... Voracek? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. He is. Yeah. I know. I, I don't. I mean, they would unless, rather trade him than Simmons. I think. Oh, without a doubt, with Simmons. Simmons is leaving at the end of the year, and yeah. they'd still Simmons rather. Simmons is probably leaving at the trade deadline, and they'd yeah. still rather move Jake yeah. over Simmons. Which, whatever, yeah. uh, whatever you know, people like the players they like. I'm not complaining about that. I'm just telling you that trade makes no sense. Really, from I guess it makes sense from a Flyers perspective. Well, sure, it would be great. But you're kind of <laughs> like I don't know. You're trading a 75 plus point player for a guy who's never top 60. I I don't know. It just it's not going to happen. No. Just like the Quenville thing. I want it. It ain't, it happening. ain't happening. Steph, what the hell are they actually going to do in that? <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is what we were talking about. Like People, well, were, people were asking me last night, Like, is Pickard the starter now? I said, I, there ain't no starter. I have a There's wild no idea. Starter. So if you're only going to play Knack four minutes, why not, can we just dress two goalies and put them both in net at the same time? <laughs> I believe that that's against the rules. Dang. I believe what if we had Andrew rules? McDonald stand directly in front of him? Or next well, to him. Well, we already pay him to do that. <laughs> yeah. He already does yeah, that. Yeah, but seven defensemen. Dress seven oh, defensemen. Oh, oh, seven oh. defensemen. He just stands there. He and doesn't he move. And directly next In to the him. crease. Yeah. Doesn't move. Maybe behind him. That hmm. could work. Hmm. Hmm. What if he sat in the net and just gloved up? <laughs> <laughs> Like swatted pucks out of the air, like what a reverse uh, Sean Avery, like yeah, reverse Sean exactly. Avery, just stand there yes. like this the whole okay. time. Put a full yeah. cage on him mm-hmm. and just let him. If something gets behind Elliot, he slaps it out of the Swats. air. Yeah, that's yeah, perfect. All right, like we just solve all problems. You see, Brian Elliott has to be playing for that to work. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so what are That'd they going bad. to do in net? Yeah. Well. They're going to be bad, is what they're going to do. They're going to be bad. So I've been all right these last couple of games. <laughs> the one. <laughs> one. Pickard game. wasn't bad against San Jose. Nah. I mean, San Jose. They're really whooped, good. San Jose whooped them. Yeah. And okay. <laughs> like, they should have lost that that game by a lot yeah, of goals. To get, like, to, I was really. Like, if you listen to my post game, I was really torn about that game. I was like, this is a team that blew them out eight to two. And honestly, it could have gone that way, yeah. but the Flyers were good enough to salvage a point, mostly on the strength of some bounces and a good goaltending effort. So that's okay. Got lucky basically scoring 37 seconds into the game to keep it close. Uh, but San Jose beat the shit out of him in that game. Yeah. And the goalie kind of kept him in it. Yes. Uh, and then he looked pretty damn good against Arizona. You know, I, I really think I really think that with Elliott and with Neuvert out, like they're they're just gonna roll with Pickert and Lyon yeah. and and then let Stolars and Hart 
do whatever they're doing down in the AHL. I have a feeling. I I, th- I don't think that Neuvert is going to be with this team. He can't possibly. God, be. seriously, could we just stop this madness? Just let him go. But I, I don't know how they can get out of it. Just though. fucking wave him. But no one's going to claim him. He's still I know. Going I know. No, wave you him wave him and, him and then... Off. You just send him home? <laughs> wave him and send him on to the fucking press I box just, or to Lehigh Valley. I don't care. I just, but then, but but then, then he's not, not here. I mean, all right. So we keep Alex Lyon. Yeah. But when Brian Elliott is healthy again, then we have the same problem where we've got Brian Elliott... Cal Pickert and Alex Lyon yeah. and still three goalies in Lehigh Valley. I don't see it so as a Alex problem. So Alex can goes back, go back and then we just make Stolars so, go over there somewhere. That's not how it works. I don't Why? see it as a problem. Because contracts. Because this is going to keep huh? happening. They could send Stolars. I to think this. they honestly can't send Neuvert home because at some point they're going to be out of goalies again. Well, He's going to need to play out of just sheer necessity. <laughs> they're going to be man. out of goalies at some point. I think there's a really good chance we at least see five of the six. It's quite. If a they want to protect Hart and not play him up here this year. I get it. But yeah. I foresee a situation in which, like, Neil Little is dressing for the fucking Phantoms. <laughs> you need to Not start, bad. start like, buying tickets for behind the benches. <laughs> not a bad and, idea. And when they need that third emergency goalie, be like, it's me! I'm here! I was not good in that. Neil Little has looked good in those alumni games. I love Neil. Bro, I love him. Greatest fighting goalie He's ever. amazing. Oh my god. A legend. I bet he could have taken Ray. Uh, probably not Ray Emery. No. But anybody but Ray Emery. I bet Rest he could have taken peace. Hextall. Yeah. He, he definitely could have taken Hextall. Hextall, Hextall, every now and then... I've had enough of this. Uh, you slashed ankles. All right. You hit I mean, a guy one time, whatever. He could fight, but every now and then he would lose. It's I'm, not like he yeah, won every no, fight. Yeah, uh, yeah I like. I would love to send Neuvert home just because I'm sick of it, but they're, we're going to use five of the six at least this year, guys. Probably. Like, Elliot, I, and I have no problem with it, honestly, because people last night were asking me in the post game, does this make Pickard our number one? Oh, for fuck's like, sake, Yeah, folks. I was like, guys... Our number one is dead. Yeah, we don't. Our number two is dead. There's no number one. It's going to be whoever is around. Yeah. Whoever it's. This is straight up men's league. This is triage. This is straight up men's league. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Joey's sick. Do we know anyone who owns pads? Yeah. That's it. (laughs) That's about where it is. That's it. If you have a pair of pads in your garage, you're getting the call at some point this this year. And they're going to get by. That's just what this team is going to do in net this year. God, we need Carter Hart to be the answer. He needs to be the answer. God, God damn it. Things it, are it's getting are scary. Nice. I mean, I know. I, I'm not I'm not even gonna but a twenty year old in the AHL, if you're gonna ask me things I'm worried about, it's that not ain't that. It, no. I know, but still He's like the most accomplished goalie prospect ever. I can't get worried over a month in the AHL. No. I would I We would just shoot. wanted him to be a god I know. from the start. And no, he's listen, not, so. Nothing would have made me happier yeah. than if he came in and had six shutouts and was like, Oh yeah, let's bring him up now. Guess what? You're in charge. You're the guy. Thank God they did. You're the coach now. Nothing would make me. You're the GM. You replaced Ron Hextall. You are now the greatest goalie in franchise history. (laughs) Yeah. So, so what I from what I've heard from our our people who cover the AHL a lot closer than I do is is he's still going through his adjustment period and he's he's playing small, which is not something that Carter Hart does. You know, he tends to use his entire frame. He's not the biggest goalie, but he's not small by any stretch of the imagination. He's what six two, six three. Yeah, he's not a he's, he's not, not a like small a, boy, no. not like a Ben Bishop or whatever. No, but. but he's not he's not 
small. Yeah. Um, but and he's, that was, he's playing small. So he's he's going through his adjustment period. He's got an eight eight two save percentage. Oh, he'd well, fit in just fine up here. True. Uh, no, he might actually with that, that was, it would probably yeah. be better than that was. <laughs> I would say that was what I saw out of him in the last preseason game because going into it, I was like, that's it. He's just the most talented goalie in the organization. Probably still is the most talented. Uh, But in that last game, it was, oh man, for a guy who uh, is all about fundamentals and the angles and knowing just where to be in the net, he was... Yeah, playing small, leaving open large parts of of every corner, basically. Um, They're screwed in net, basically. Let's move on to the penalty kill, guys. They're screwed. Oh, another good thing. And in net. Yeah, it is what it is in net. And and this penalty kill. Speaking, yeah, the penalty kill. Eight straight games allowing a power play goal. Is that good? They have shut out opposing power plays only three times this year. That's 12 out of the 15. They've allowed at least one power play goal. Two of those games were against Vegas, 0 for 3 both times, whose power play currently sits at fourth worst, operating at 12.5%. Columbus, the only other team not to score in the power play this far against the Flyers, have the worst power play in the league at 10.7%. Well, there you go. This is atrocious. Somehow, at 69.1%, Ottawa and Florida are worse by a couple of percentage points. Yeah, so suck it, Ottawa players in an Uber car. (laughs) You're worse than us. We'll get to that. I assume we're doing uh, (laughs) Ice Sport Sport tomorrow, and we'll get to that, because goddamn, that video is funny. (laughs) Um... How are they this... Like, How is it possible to be this bad at anything? Well, you see... You have a coach that is insistent on using fourth line players on your penalty kill because if you're not a skilled hockey player, you're on the fourth line, but you can absolutely stop other skilled hockey players. This when is there's like, one it's more of so them. fucking stupid. It's but I've also so seen fucking stupid. As much as I want to blame that. No, we're I, blaming him. I do believe it to be an issue. As much as I want to blame personnel. Like, Sean Couturier isn't good at it either. No, uh, Ivan Provorov isn't good at it either. Pretty sure it was Claude Giroux last night who was on the ice when they scored. Well, Claude Giroux is good at everything. Well, I, all I saw Including last- bowling. But the thing is, though, if... So if I learned anything from that Ottawa Senators video is that these guys actually do have to do what they're coached yeah. to do, yep. even if they don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. So they're being told to play this stupid penalty kill system that doesn't work. So it doesn't matter how good they are at killing penalties. They can't do it this way yeah. because no one can. Agreed. And that's what I wanted to point out was last night during intermission, they made a point to say, like, yes, on the power play goal, uh, Pickard was completely screened, guy right on top of him. But, yeah. You're not allowed to. Def- you're not allowed to hit that guy anymore. Yeah, I get it. It's interference. It's de- you're not allowed to Darian Hatcher people anymore. You can't just cross check people in the back until they die. Okay, fine. You I disagree. Are, you are allowed, however, to step up on the shooter. And last night we had another undefended shooter walk in as far as he wanted. Look at an open spot in the net and pick it because guys are just standing there looking at it. But they took away the pass, William, so it's good. It's fine. I just don't understand this. Let's let the guy with the puck do whatever the hell he wants to. Okay. You wave your stick like this. There is something to the idea of if you're going to leave that guy alone in front, 
and the other and your four defenders take away the four perimeter players. You're playing four on four hockey, and that fifth guy in front of the net can't really help you. Cool, I get that. But you have to actually stick to your men and cover your assignments, which this team doesn't do a little bit. I, I, I'm just perplexed at how bad this penalty kill is. And they're not helping themselves. Uh, let's see. Uh, they've also they've been shorthanded way more than the two teams behind them, so they've actually like given themselves more opportunities to raise their percentages, which you think is what you would do because, you know, just sample size. If you have a couple of bad games and you, you're not shorthanded all that often, your percentage is going to be bad. The Flyers are shorthanded all the time. 55 times shorthanded third most. Oh. 17 power play goals against most in league. So they can't kill a penalty and they can't help themselves by staying out of the box. Last year, they had the third fewest times shorthanded and were still top 10 in power play goals against. So at least they stayed out of the box last year, still failed miserably, but this year they can't even stay out of the box. This is... Uh, yeah, I guess that this calming is what presence is going behind to, the net doesn't really do anything anymore. This is what's going to kill them. Like More than anything else, as bad as the goalies are, as much as the defense is what it is sometimes, as they're not going to score like they score every night, as much as I hate the coach and his usage... It's just that they can't kill a penalty. And there doesn't seem to be any relief in sight because they're not changing anything in the coaching staff and the coaching staff isn't changing anything system-wise. So I, I just, yeah, this is it. Like, this is it. That's, and that Hextall quote the other day, he was... His asked, quotes are getting more and more infuriating as the days go yes, by. Yes, no, I, I feel like he's legitimately trolling me. They, <laughs> you personally. Yeah. Yes, me. I know. Bill Matz, I, I feel like Ron Hextall is talking down to me. <laughs> well, he when is. he says things like, when he's asked, what is actual, what is like the problem with the penalty? What is bothering you? If there's one thing you can narrow it down to, he goes, well, Puck's getting in the net, pisses me right off. Fucking do something about it! <laughs> if only someone were in charge. Yeah, like, oh man, I wish I could do like, like, oh man, this is a new problem that we haven't had the entire time the guy who's in charge of this thing has been employed. Maybe you should do something. I don't know. Oh, my ass itches. Wipe it! (laughs) Yes, yes, these are things that are generally good. I do want to do that, yeah. We like clean asses around here. I'm just shocked that like a guy who's in charge of an organization, like, uh, have you talked to him? Have you talked to Ian LaPerriere and gone, what are you doing, Ian? What Are you telling them to block shots with their face and they're just not willing to die? Like, what is the, what is yeah, the thing here? Does the visor complicate things now? <laughs> I, I need to know what is actually like happening. Lin, who was it? Lindblom that blocked a shot with his foot and mm-hmm. went off for yeah. a while. And they're like, the broadcast team is talking about how great. Like, no, it's not. Yeah, I like it's my players. It's not great. I like my players on the ice, personally. Maybe we can find mm. another way to stop the puck from getting to the net besides injuring ourselves. Yes, I agree. That would be good. I I would really like to know, and I don't. I wonder if if we can find out how they manage the personnel for the special teams. I need to know whether the special teams coaches have full say over the personnel, or 
whether Hackstall is saying you need to use these five players, these th- four players, these eight players. Like instinctively, I feel like Hackstall at the very least has a lot of input just because how much he focuses on like, I need these guys in the lineup for penalty kill. I don't. So, I mean, at the very least, he's saying these guys need to be doing it. Yeah. I'm sure it's it's I'm sure he probably takes input from LaPerriere, but I would imagine that it's mostly Hackstall. But like, that's probably a thing Charlie could find out. For Shane us. actually we could probably find Ghost out. actually got out there for a shift the other night and, or last night and surprise surprise he did well because weird yeah good players are good yeah, at things. good players are good hockey players like yes wild like oh man he can't defend the front of the net nobody does anyway like that's the thing that boggles my mind about this penalty kill oh well we need uh, you know we just need christian Folin out there to defend the front of the net well if you're telling him to defend the front of the net he's not guess doing. what he's not doing like at least Gosses Bear can win a race to a loose puck, and then if he actually gets to it, can do something with it. He's not just going to give it right back. Like I, yeah, that's what's infuriating is that they continue to complain about how bad it is, but then continue to insist that they need to do all of these things that they've been doing to make it better. Which is like, no, mm, that's not how this, like anything works. I'm not talking about these 15 games. I'm talking no. about the last three four, years, three least, four years. Yeah. Like however yeah. the hell long it's been. It's been like, a it's long been time. Atrocious and getting worse every year. Like teams are finding even more ways to exploit a uh, penalty kill that didn't seem like it could be exploited anymore. <laughs> They're third. It could get worse. Yeah. And that, uh, what is it's uh, the Flyers are at sixty nine point one. Ottawa is at sixty eight point eight, and Florida is at sixty eight point four. So right in there, half right in the a, mix, half of a percentage point <laughs> separates these three teams. Oh my god! I believe they can do it. <laughs> the next goal the Flyers allow, <laughs> that's it. We'll put them in last again, <laughs> and the players in the back of the cab in Ottawa will be able to make fun of us some more. Yeah. Do we do we think that the organization leaked it? I think I the think players so. leaked it to try to get fired, to try to get traded. Oh, that's a spicy that's meatball. That is spicy. I'd be like, yo, you recording this? You should. We're going to talk please. a bunch of shit. Yeah, here's we 200 are bucks. We Ottawa Senators Hockey Club <laughs> by Eugene Melnick. Make sure you ask us on video. <laughs> My name is Matt Duchesne. I play for the Ottawa Senators. That's D-U-C-H. Please help me. Help me. Oh my God. This guys- is our call for help. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So Same for tomorrow. One thing I will say: after an inauspicious start, Christian Folin has very much earned my confidence. Yes, I want him playing less. He should be a third pair defenseman, and we'll get to Travis Sanheim in a second. Folin, Folin, Folin. <laughs> oh man! But he's better than Andrew McDonald. Well, he okay, is. he is. He so is. is this and bottle of vitamin water. And the team recognizes that which is all that i've been asking for for the past five years that is six years that's that's all i've needed is for them to realize that there are other players in their roster on their roster that are better at defense than andrew mcdonald and they got and it. they have i really like this guy you know for now as a th- no that's when i say i really like him like i don't like him paired with Shane Gossis bear however it was it was nice last night when he's out there and someone takes a shot at him takes a shot at nak and he just goes nah and does what he's actually <laughs> supposed to do and beat the shit out of the guy Hollywood yeah, I, goodness, I appreciate baby. that that's good yeah uh 
Uh, he plays with a little bit of a physical edge. If he's going to be a PK specialist, third-pair guy, I'm all for it, especially now when they don't seem all that interested in bringing up actually talented guys. And if they're only going to play Travis Sanheim 14 minutes a game, fine. Christian Fulham can play. Uh, you know, when the defense is what it's supposed to be, no, he doesn't figure into my long-term plans. No. But I'm fine with I mean, him. he's making no money. No, that's, yeah, I'm fine with him for now. Yeah. That's, I, I have no issue with Christian Fulham at this point. And if you look at this uh, heat map, that I linked here. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You want it's, me to click on something? You can if you want. Uh, it's basically just, and it's a couple days old at this point, but if you look at it's just where the shot attempts come from when Christian Follin is on the ice as compared to where they came from when Andrew McDonald was on the ice. I'll give you a little hint, gang. There's a whole lot of red <laughs> around the net when Andrew McDonald is in there, and when Follin's on the ice... The red is from the outside. It really looks like like where the Flyers shoot from and where opponents shoot from. But no, it's like Folan is doing his job as a stay-at-home defender. That's what the map tells me. Is yeah. He's limiting chances to, to what they need to do because the goalies are terrible. Outside shots are going to go in too, but at least fewer will go in. Christian Folan, pretty good as a third-pair guy playing more than that, but I'm cool with it. Yeah, no, what I I'm, agree. As a third pair guy, yeah. yes. What I'm not but he's cool with way too much. Yeah. yeah, but that's just you know a Travis Sanheim. Yeah, not great. Fourteen oh one. Travi. Fourteen oh one on Monday. Averaged fourteen twenty on the road trip. Ugh. Yeah. See, that's where we get into a problem. Like when I was just looking up ice times and the San Jose game, which they got absolutely throttled in. Foline had. 17 minutes. Travis Sanheim had 11. This is problematic in my eyes. Yeah, and um, like I just someone brought, I think it was actually Ariel uh, on Twitter brought up um, you know when you split up Ghost and Provorov the problem is you want both of them out there a lot. Yes. So the yeah. third pair is going to get neglected. Understood. However, I find fault in that logic in that However, <laughs> however, I find fault in that logic in that they have no problem splitting things up and mixing and matching, doing things like dressing Nicholas Albay-Cubell and only playing him four minutes. Four fucking minutes. Four? I know that that's not what we're talking about, no, we're but it all matters. To I me want how to is, yell how is about it okay? that. How is it okay on offense, but not okay on defense? It should I be. I don't understand it. It's garbage. NAK, 413 on Monday, averaged five, is averaging 556, and really that's a high number because he played eight minutes versus the Kings mm-hmm. and 544 or less in the other three games. In two of the games, he played 544, which I found amazing. That, like, he nailed the same time <laughs> two out of three nights. That's crazy to me. Well, Hackstall has has a yeah, buzzer exactly. on his phone. He's yeah. like, get the fuck out! <laughs> it, was, it was insane, but I just... My problem... Okay, if you want to play a guy five minutes, whatever. My issue is, he's only in the lineup because of injuries, so he's the next guy up. If the next guy up you only trust to play less than six minutes, you either have zero organizational depth, which I'm told isn't the case, I'm told we now have organizational depth, or the coach doesn't trust the GM's evaluations, and that's a problem too. Or the coach just hates young players. Then doesn't play an trust old yet. guy! Bring There's... up Colin McDonald. Is he still with the organization? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring I think him he's up. the captain, yeah. Bring him up! Oh, what God. really Hackstall bothers would love me, him. what really bothers me is it's not only that they... They staple these 
kids like neck to the bench. But like if another player goes down, like if Limblom's off this the happens. bench, it, it's happened several times. They, they just, still refuse to play him last night. So now you're extra shorthanded. That's exactly what happened yeah. last night. We had Konechny and Limblom down. Konechny and Limblom down. Albay Cubell still stable to the bench. That's three guys. That's There's insane. three guys on every line. So Weird. You you're down with, a whole line. You just decided, nah, we're just going to be down a line. Yeah. We're just going to be down for one line. no reason. Yeah, for no Because Cubell has not played terribly. No, he's done nothing wrong. He's been fine. So Listen, you could play him. Every now and then, like, and it's a shame because I. it's not that. Sanheim makes more mistakes than anybody else, but when I see him make a mistake, I just go, oh, ah, well, that's it. Yeah, I know, that's it. There's a sh- but last night, Albay Cubell, three shifts in the first period, zero shifts in the second period, did not play a second in the second period, third period, played two shifts early, and then stapled to the bench, and then played in the final minute when the game was in hand. He played after the empty netter. So that was it. That's all he played. If that's all he's going to play for, dress literally anybody else. You're shorthanding the team. You get 18 skaters. Not playing them is putting yourself at a disadvantage on purpose. I don't know how else to... It it seems like simple math to me. It's incredibly stupid. You're wearing out your better players. You're putting them at a greater risk of injury. There's literally no reason for him to manage his personnel this way, but he's going to do it forever. But they were 3-0-1 on the trip, so it worked. Did it, though? Oh, God. And because that's the, and that's the, that's where I'm torn here, is that... No, but I'm, that's the thing, though. It I'm, didn't work. I know, they I were know. just winning in spite of I it. Okay. Their, their best players just played really well. And they got some luck, and, for once. For once. And, that's and what, they played really shitty teams. teams. Oh, two of, the, two of the four games, they didn't play shitty teams. They got three out of four points against pretty good teams. I would say one and a half games. <laughs> they didn't play shitty teams. So, Arizona, not shitty. That was the half. But not good. Not yet, but they've been playing. They, they won got five in a row going into the game. They they're, got some they're, they're okay. They yeah. could be good. They're yeah. okay. San Jose is a good team. Yeah. And they whooped them and the Flyers got lucky. There's the other two are shitty teams. The other yes. two are shitty. There's something to getting a point in a game that you don't deserve it. Um, I just... The, like, the thing about luck, however, yeah. Like, that Couturier goal last night, luck, sure. But it wasn't just luck. For, it wasn't shooting it off the end boards, and it bounced and hit the goalie in the back and went in. Like, San, Travis Sandheim... You mean Sean Couturier did not score an empty net goal with the goalie... Actually on the ice. But it was created by some really good play pressuring. And it was was. created by... very funny, the whole play. Oh, the whole play was very funny. However, the two passes that Travis Sanheim made created the whole situation. Yep. Yes, there were no assists handed out on the play because the, you know... The puck ended up the in the whole crease situation. And a coyote just threw it out into the middle and it went landed right on Couturier's stick and the net was empty. And I didn't but, think that he was going to get a shot off before. No, I did not. Who, was it Niemi? Yeah, the goalie was out of the net way longer than he should have been. Like, yeah. even though he was taken out of position, that was like, you could have timed that with a sundial. Yeah. And, <laughs> but the other thing I love is that Couturier wound up and pounded it in there. Yeah. He was not going to leave a doubt. Not that was fucking around. Me. He has missed enough wide open scoring chances to know I'm pounding this thing. <laughs> and I appreciated that. But the whole play was set up by doing the right yep. things. And you create your own luck in those ways. Like, yeah. 
totally lucky play, but everything that preceded it, set up by Travis Sanheim, was not luck. It was good play. And I just have to believe if Sanheim, one of their three most skilled defensemen, was on the ice more, shit like that would happen more. I don't know. Yeah, so before we move on from Dave Haxel's unrelenting hatred of young people. <laughs> I want to read this tweet from Micah McCurdy, who is smarter than all of oh, us, yes, yes. and Dave Hextall and Ron oh, Hextall. Okay. If you wait until your young players prove they are good, you will have wasted roughly half of their best years. Yes, that is correct. And I'm assuming that he's like done some kind of complicated math to prove that, <laughs> so I have no reason to doubt it. But I mean, just, just logically. Yes, it's it's when you get them at the bar, like... This is their bar bargain basement price. This yeah. is when you, they produce Play like them. second liners and get paid like fourth liners. Like that's how you win. I, it just seems to make sense. I, I whatever. It's they just don't believe in it. They just don't believe in it. I don't know why. That's I can't explain it. I want to. Uh, I want to end here tonight with a little bit of Giroux watch, fam. Mm. He's still good. Still good. Yay. Tied Chris. Terry. Wait, wait, wait. I thought that he was on the decline three years ago. He was just hurt, and that the was team fake was just news. bad. He was. Yeah. He got through it, and I acknowledge that. I am busting Bill's balls. No, I, <laughs> I have no problem admitting I thought he was he was entering a, a serious decline because his numbers and the way he looked said so. If you bad. were to watch him two, three years ago and tell me he was going to be this good, I'd be like, oh, he's on steroids. Okay. <laughs> he's not. He's not. Look at his legs. This Allegedly. dude's not taking anything. This is hearsay. The dude's got legs like this cord. He's not <laughs> on any steroids. Uh, so last night, he tied Chris Terrian for fourth in franchise games played. On Thursday, he will have sole possession with 754. He's currently 37 games behind Brian Propp for third, so he'll get that by the end of this year. Yep. He's six assists, six assists behind Prop for second all-time in team history. Needs four points to pass Rick McLeish for fourth all-time in team history. Goals, 220, 13th all-time. He's 12 behind Tockett and Recky. Can't wait for him to pass Recky. That'll be a great day for yes. me. 15 more goals will put him in the top 10, tied with Rod the Bod Brendamore. My God, he's passing dudes I grew up with. This yeah, is right. starting to... We're old. So what we're saying is he's, <laughs> he's... the GM after Hextall. Yeah, most likely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, probably going to own the team. All right. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Giroux is this year and three more on his current contract. He'll be 34 when this deal expires. When his deal expires, he's going to be top 10, at least in goals, mm-hmm. and... Top two and everything else. Yep. Uh, coming off a career best 102 points, G is on pace for 93 right now, uh, which would tie which would tie his, the second highest total of his career, set in 2011-12, the year he probably should have been MVP. I'm so glad this dude got through the lean years in 15, 16, and 17, and is just back to playing good hockey again because he is so much fun to watch. Appreciate Claude Giroux. Yeah, I, I, I implore I you. Dude. You will I, be sad when he is done. Yeah, I love him. There's, It's going to be a... All the people who doubt how good he is, just wait till he's not here. That's the All thing, right? and and when history no, looks back, we're not we're not doing this. When we get to like the top 100 players in the NHL stage, 15 years from now, and Claude Giroux's right in that mix, and you people are remembering how good he was when he was here, you're gonna wish that you gave him a little more love. But he's still here now, and he he's is. not going anywhere. Nope. So let's love no. him while he's here. I, I he's agree. ours I've just, for his entire career. I've just run into some Giroux, you know. There are some haters. Nostalgia. Some Giroux haters lately. They're, they are there. Okay. I'm like, come on, at this point, you can't say anything. I Last mean, year, he silenced everybody. You know. Should have given Simmons the C. <laughs> Shut up. And that 
is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thanks to Kelly. Thanks to Steph. Thanks you all for listening. No, thank you, Charlie. Thanks Charlie's on an airplane. Facebook we do people not thank for him. watching us live. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah. Who's gonna score hockey goal? Our team. No one does more hockey than our boys. The Flyers. Brought to hockey radio. Turn the chain up, you motherfucker. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.